Well, here we are again. This is A.J. Margolis coming to you from the great little town of Merlin, Oregon. And I'm also known as the Crypt Keeper. Well, just uh, looking through some of my things here on the um, places that they're talking about ghosts, okay? And uh, there's just a whole lot of locations there. There's a Carey House Hotel in Placerville, California. Um, that is supposed to be, uh, yeah, a pretty hot spot for ghosts, I guess. And then they have the Odd Fellows Lodge, and uh, and it's room five, um, two o five and two twelve. So I guess the uh, ghosts in those places must have. Uh, live there, or maybe that's where their life come to end there. Uh, there's a lot of ghost towns, uh, and Oregon certainly has their share of them. Uh, there's one in uh, the whole ghost town, supposedly, of Mitchell, Oregon. Uh, there's uh, Kent, there's Shanko, there's Hardman, Granite, uh, Greenhorn, um, Cornick, Cornucopia, Oak Park, and Ghost Child. And uh, these are just places that are, um, you know, people have really leaned into it and said these are ghost towns. These are towns at one time was really um, up and booming. And uh, for whatever reason, uh, that's, that's the thing is they just, they're ghost towns, people just left. And I was reading an article a little while back about a town, and I can't remember what uh, what town it actually was, but they were talking about in the uh, 1800s how the, uh, the gold rush came through. And, uh, you know, people, they were started out in California, a lot of them, uh, with the gold rush down there, but it was getting so tough uh, that um, they uh, started moving north and uh, they found there quite a bit of gold up here in uh, the Oregon area. They don't talk about it like the California gold rush, but it, um, it certainly uh, drew a lot of people. And, you know, with people comes, they uh, start to set up uh, and make their own town. Um, I read someplace that the, the usually the first business that goes into those uh, to making of a town has got to be well naturally one would be your uh, saloons uh, they got it you know those those uh, people are out there digging in uh, all kinds of weather and uh, it's nice for them to come in at the end of the day or the end of the week whatever it is and uh, to have a few of uh, uh, nice drinks and do a little celebrating and uh, you know it's uh, they work hard so let's just say they play hard also but there is a, a lot it's not just ghost towns that that have these um, but usually like uh, one of the other thing is uh, a supply store uh, that uh, they would buy their equipment um, you know, the shovels and the picks and what have you. 
And um, so the town naturally grows and grows. But uh, then when, uh, you know, they find gold in another spot, people just, uh, the miners just up and leave. And uh, that, it just takes a downfall from there. And they're, uh, never know how these, uh, you know, uh, towns are that are just gone. We, um, quite a few years ago, I, I bought a new uh, a pickup. Um, and a eight and a half inch um, camper, or eight and a half foot camper, excuse me. But anyhow, uh, we were going to go on a vacation and just, you know, see where it took us. We started to head up north and, and everything, and we um, t was talking to uh, uh, some people up there, and they said, hey, you know, Bodie... Uh, uh, California. You got to go there. That's a ghost town. And it's really interesting. So uh, I said, well, okay, is it, you know, how's the road going up there? And I said, oh, road's no problem. Well, I don't know what they were driving, but I'll tell you one thing. That was the bumpiest, longest road, dusty, potholes you couldn't believe. And, um, there was a lot of, uh, you know, a fair amount of traffic going up there to this um, uh, Bodie, uh, California. So anyhow, we finally made it. Uh, dust galore, everything you name. I mean, it was, everything was flying. So anyhow, I got up there and I figured, well, I better go check, um, you know, my connections here. And I got out and I'll tell you, uh, I had to really tighten down just so many things. It was unbelievable. Uh, the mirrors were getting, uh, they were all that bouncing around. They were getting loose. The um, attachments from, uh, and the shocks between the, um, uh, the camper and the uh, truck, uh, they were loose. Just about everything was loose on it. We did have a good time, though, and uh, I would venture to say there would be no way I would be towing a trailer up there. Uh, I'll tell you, that would be, man, that would be something else. But anyhow, um, it, it was interesting. It looked like in some areas that people have just walked out, you know, and um, that's, that's the way it is. And uh, we... When we were in Southern California, we'd go out to the des some desert spots out there, and you could see where there uh, was remnants of a uh, town and people. And it was really weird because we were able to go around and look into some of these cabins and stuff that are uh, been vacated for God knows how many years, and <clears throat> some of them actually had the the plates cups um, right there on the table and it's just like they just got up finished eating and drinking and walked away and I thought boy there's got to be some real a lot more background to it and and what happened in that area and uh, you know what what sh dreams were shattered uh Again, you'll probably never know. And even, you know, it doesn't have to be uh, ghost towns. 
there is a, a park here in Oregon, and it's called Oak Park. And there isn't a lot known about it, but there is a ghost child there that actually uh, haunts this park. And I haven't been able to find too much about it other than that uh, they do know he's uh, he's just a, a young ghost that, that people have spotted and everything and uh, said that it's, it's, it's really sad and it's scary. Uh, probably one of the, the biggest places or most well-known is Area 51 in Roswell, New Mexico. There, um, gosh, there is probably more written about that, more people trying to just to see what is there. Um, they say that uh, the government says there's nothing really there, um, but yet it's so well guarded. Um, you know, if, if, there's got to be something there that they're hiding. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just one of those things that... Uh, you know, you could get up to a certain part of it and seem like you're, there's nobody around for God knows how many miles. And there's signs up there that say, you know, no trespassing and everything. And um, it sounds like, the, you know, people like on motorcycles and, you know, dune buggies and even four-wheel drives or regular vehicles, too. They get, they hit that sign, they passed that sign a little bit, and they said there's um, um, military police coming out of the woodwork. I mean, they come down on them hard and heavy, and they say, well, you know, it's just like they appeared out of nowhere, uh, but they certainly are guarding that Area 51. Now, supposedly, who knows, um, when they uh, uh, had the crash of the uh, UFO in that area, that there was some uh, bodies that they did take to uh, Area 51. That's just one of the stories. And, uh, and that's what they're protecting. Uh, is there, uh, you know, UFOs out there? Uh, why couldn't there be? I mean... Some of the pilots in our uh, commercial jets even see them out there. And uh, out of the, uh, you know, uh, our military planes, um, there's been, you know, sightings up there where these uh, alien ships pass ours like ours is t standing still. And uh, it's, it's really um, kind of uh, amazing that, you know, that we know that they're out there, we see that they're out there, but yet no information is is ever let out on it. And that may be good in a way because then we wouldn't have to panic, you know. Uh, I think that's what they're real concerned about is, is people panicking. And, um, you know, they probably think they're doing it for our own good, but it, it's just makes the mystery deeper. Um, but that's just another, uh, you know, Roswell actually is, has been doing real well um, commercial-wise about it. 
They sell everything you can imagine from uh, the aliens. And uh, it's, it's, you know, hey, if it sells, that's, that's fine, you know. Um, but will we ever know what really happened? Probably not. Um, I know there was some ships that were, um, that were up in the air here uh, a few weeks ago. My neighbor said um, that it, she was out there uh, late at night and the, uh, she happened to look up at the, scar, the stars and she saw uh, lights, a whole line of lights, and they had to have been some type of uh, a plane or rockets or something out there. And uh, the people in the, you know, were starting to panic about it. And there was actually uh, some people that would come in onto our uh, different sites on the um, computers and said, yeah, they, they saw them, you know, and they were fast. They were very uh, lined up, uh, and it was just in a formation that was almost scary. And uh, it was, they were fast. They disappeared. And um, the word out, it, out the next day said that, no, there weren't spaceships. Uh, what they were uh, is uh, some type of uh, uh, business put up uh, satellites, and that's what they're using up there. I guess it's getting a little crowded out there with all the satellites that are going around and, and they're private ones. Uh, and there's a military ones. So it's, uh, you know, we're in a time that's really changing and that's, that's really something. Another really hot spot for um, ghosts and, and things like that are the Northern State Mental Hospital. And it was one that, that's, the mental, this hospital was built in 1909 and it opened in 1912. Now, most of the mental hospitals uh, were closed up. Um, they were uh, told that uh, uh, some of the stories from people that were, had, gone looked into the background of a lot of these uh, mental hospitals and the shock treatments and how they uh, how they I guess thought they were helping cure them but I, in some ways I think it was helping make them worse um, they're you know they're really strange uh, how you know before I guess they would in a mental hospital, would they they didn't know a lot, and they, but they kept on experimenting on a lot of these people, and uh, using the shock method was seemed to be one of the hottest items. But uh, there isn't many of them left here in uh, our little town of Merlin. We uh, we had a uh, sanitarium up there, and as a matter of fact, it's on the other side of town, and it's. Um, there's a road that would take it up to the sanitarium. It was set way up in the, in the hill, hill type area. And uh, the road going up there is called Sanitarium Road. And um, it was, it's on quite a few acres. Uh, right now there's, there's virtually nothing left of it. There may be 
a couple of the buildings that are uh, still standing, but um, they're not what you'd call good shape. Um, and a lot of it's all, you know, uh, fenced in now. But um, there's a lot of uh, lot of things that go around it. Um, used to some doctor actually is is a guy that started it, and they were saying that he was experimenting on people there, and um, so when he passed away, they um, there was a lot of pressure to close it down. It was uh, it needed a lot and a lot of repair, and uh, there's you know uh, they just weren't going to continue with it. So uh, there is, I believe, a couple of the old uh, buildings still standing up there. It, they're pretty well, uh, you know, um, closed up where you can't really get into it. Uh, there's people actually living up there. And um, there's a, um, actually there's, I think, one or, I know for sure there's one pond, but there is a, uh, I, I was told there's another pond up there. And um, some of the kids used to go up there during the summer and uh, do a little swimming and stuff like that. They said it was okay if the, the one gentleman that owns a part of that uh, will let you, if you go in and you talk to him, and, uh, you know, just be... be uh, you know, be open about it, and, and uh, you know, they, nobody wants anything that you have torn up, even if it's a, you know, a, a pond area. And uh, but you could, you used to be able to talk to him, and and he would even let you do a little fishing uh, over there. But again, it's it's pretty well um, closed up now. There are some private residences up by there. Um, the property and the land and everything was up for sale a little while back and uh, it was um, gosh I don't know it was a million and some and they had a couple different uh, people that were really you know really looking at it and it was actually uh, one gentleman it was really he was really after it and what he wanted to do was to go ahead and put um, an RV park there because we do have um, a couple of RV parks, but uh, during the summer, there's a lot of activity coming through this area uh, because of the river, people going down the river. So um, as of now, like I said, it's just kind of put on the shelf again, I um, and nobody knows what's going to end up happening to it. But, uh, you know, it's just uh, all, uh, all kind of spooky type stuff, you know. Amityville was another thing. It was, uh, it was in 1974 that um, brought um, a lot of uh, attention to it. Uh, and I believe there's also a movie about it. And, uh, you know, it's um, sometimes it... it the story gets a, a little more elaborated than it should, but Amityville has a background there for sure. Astoria in Oregon. Astoria is right up on the corner of Oregon, right on the coast, and um, 
if you cross the river right up at Astoria, you go into um, Washington, the state of Washington. And um, that is, it was really, uh, has quite the reputation. It had about, you know, people disappearing and uh, people had all kinds of uh, situations, you know, and they would just, you know, get Shanghai. And what the thing was with it, too, is people would come into the bars and everything to celebrate and they would get shanghai and uh, sold to people that had uh, ships that they needed help on the uh, on the boats, and they would just take them. You know, these guys would get drunk. Next thing you know, they get knocked out, um, taken prisoner, and put on a ship. And guess what? They're going to do some hard work for many a year. But that's kind of noted for uh, uh, Astoria. That's for sure. Um, Fort Stevens, again, is uh, on the Oregon coast up there north, and um, it's supposedly haunted by soldiers. It was a, it was an active fort. And um, one of the things uh, about that, you, you can go up there and just take tours of the place now, and still, uh, you know, it's it's still pretty amazing how that was a fort that really held its own um and it it's there's a lot a lot of history goes uh, to that and um if you ever, one of the spookiest spots that um i i really enjoyed believe it or not is alcatraz now, Alcatraz was built way back when, and that was probably the the place that um, they felt that nobody could escape. Now, there's still question of uh, three men that uh, got into the water and escaped, uh, but the, nobody knows that for sure. Uh, they have never been found. They don't know if they made it all the way, if they drowned. It's very, very cold water. Quite a few years ago, um, we were on vacation. We went up to uh, the uh, San Francisco area, and they were doing tours of uh, Alcatraz. And uh, we uh, got a chance to go out and um, take the tour. And it's, it's pretty rough right now. I mean, there's nothing. Um, it's fallen apart, basically. But yeah, there was an uh, Indian tribe took over uh, that for a while. And, um, you know, like I said, I, right now, I don't believe anybody's really living out there except the people that just take care of the grounds um, and make sure nothing happens to it. Uh, one of the things that uh, I found really interesting was we went down to solitary confinement, which was down in the, uh, like the basement type area. And with that was really wild because the, uh, the guide uh, uh, said, is there anybody that would like to see what actually 
uh, Alcatraz was like and, and uh, what they called the pit uh, was solitary confinement. So there was a, a couple of us which said, yeah, you know, I'd like to see it. So we got into the cell and they closed the doors. And I mean, I, you know, uh, it was amazing how dark it was. The, you could put your hand right in front of your nose and not see it. Uh, the floors, uh, uh, the walls, the, the, the doors, all metal. It was really uh, unbelievable. And um, you, you felt just so helpless when you're in there. And you could talk, but you can't hear outside noises. And um, so it, I could see where people, uh, when spending a, any a real amount of time in one of those cages, I call them, would probably go crazy himself. And but it did have some uh, people out there that um, that were famous. Uh, Al Capone actually was. Uh, uh, staying there for quite a while. He actually died uh, while he was there. But, um, yeah, they couldn't get him for anything else, so they got him on tax evasion, and that's where he, that's where he uh, ended up. Um, there's a place out of the uh, Portland area. It's called St. John's. It's a little town. Uh, Oregon has a lot of little towns. But, but uh, out of these little towns, out of these little towns, you never—they've uh, got quite a, a history and background. Um, but there's a, a bridge. It's called St. John's Bridge, that crosses, um, you know, the the water out there, and uh, it goes to the uh, to the other end of the. Um, area of the town and th some people say that yet late at night you could hear it sounds like a, a, a little boy or little girl uh, crying and uh, it's I guess it's just really eerie um, and it's you know it's kind of uh, it's you have to look back and say well I wonder what happened uh, a lot, a lot of people have have heard it, and um, you know, when you get out in in some of these areas, like I said, um, Oregon has a lot of different places. As a matter of fact, there's a town um, uh, right up, um, right off the freeway um, from us here, and uh, there is a, a place called. Uh, it's a, it was a hotel, and uh, the name will come to me. I can't grab it right now, though. Wolf Creek. And uh, it, it had uh, the... Uh, it's been uh, taken care of by the state. And uh, it's actually... It was a hotel, and it also has a... Um, uh, the a place where you could go ahead and take a tour through it. They have rooms for rent. 
they have a full kitchen and everything for like a restaurant area and uh, so it is uh, really a, a beautiful place again uh, you know people say there are certain rooms in there that um, you know they're haunted you know, they chairs move around, uh, doors open and close. There's a lot of different things up there and a lot of different people. That's one of the reasons they all go over there and try to spend a night. I don't know if it's more of a dare or what, but, uh, you know, it, that that's what it is. Uh, I guess one of the questions that was asked of me and and I don't have any idea so I just thought I'd throw it out there how many times have we died and been reborn is there any times that you have seen a place or walked into a place and you know that you haven't been there but you know exactly where everything is there and could that be that we spend another life back there and maybe that's where we were we passed on but it's really uh, you know I, I every once in a while it happens to me I'll go someplace and I know I've never been there but all I could tell you exactly where everything is in in there um, so how many times who knows? Uh, maybe one of these days we'll be able to find that out. Another place where that's real active as far as the um, <clears throat> different stories, and that's in hospice. Now, hospice, uh, as far as what I know, is a place that you're you're not your your time is in six months. Within six months, you'll, you'll pass away. You've got, either got some type of cancer, some type of disease, but um, hospice is there that you could, you know, uh, they're taking care of people, but uh, you, it, the end is near. The end is really, it's just a matter of time. I have a, a friend of mine uh, he uh, wasn't doing real well, and uh, he went to the doctor to go ahead and see what was up. They ran some tests and everything on him, and uh, they, after the, the doctor's meeting with him, they said, uh, well, you better get to hospice right away. Um, so he's, he said, you don't have much time, you know. Um, so you have got cancer of the stomach or something in his stomach, but it was cancer. So anyhow, um, they went, they left the doctor's office, went, signed up in hospice and hospice can work one of two ways. Also the way I understand it, um, you could be there at, uh, at a hospice location, which is, you know, uh, again, it's, it's a place that you're, you know, you're going to pass on it. Or you can go, they'll help you with uh, materials like beds and wheelchairs and whatever you need. 
and you could do live it out at home, okay? Well, they expected him to go pretty quick, and uh, he they went out and actually were looking to buy some clothes for him the for the coffin, you know, for the viewing and everything. Well, he all of a sudden he rallied for some reason. He uh, he started gaining weight. He had lost a lot, a lot of weight. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, I, I talked to his wife the other day, and it's been quite a while now, and he's uh, he's still fighting. He's still doing good. He is not, uh, he's at the uh, hospice now at home, and, and uh, so he's doing a lot better. But... Uh, yeah, the the hospice places. Uh, it, it amazes me that a lot of the people how they that work for hospice, how they um, medically, how they could tell stuff. Um, we had my father-in-law came to stay with us uh, when he found out he had cancer and he was really uh, towards the end, and uh, we were in Tillamook at the time and we had a uh, we had a rec room it was really nice and uh, he came to stay with us and uh, well, we got a um, hospital bed put it in the rec room put a a, a, um, a good sized reclining chair um, we had TV everything there and what we used to do is between my wife and myself, we used to uh, take uh, turns, you know, staying the night with him in that reclining and uh, in case he needed something. Well, it, it really amazed me because the hospice people used to come and visit all the, you know, quite often. Um, and the they would be able to say, you know, uh, look, his uh, kidneys are starting to shut down. Um, the next thing that's going to happen is so-and-so, and and, -so and, and uh, after that it's so-and-so. And it really, um, you know, you could see, you could, they could tell you what he's going through. And uh, it was really, um, really amazing, um, I thought. And, uh, but my father-in-law was a character. I mean, he was funny. You, he never, you never knew what he was going to come up with. <clears throat> so anyhow, he was, um, he was in in uh, the bed, and I was, I just got to work, and uh, I worked maybe five miles away. So anyhow, uh, my wife calls me up and said, you know, I I think it's time. I uh, I think Pop is is passed away you know so I said well I'll be right there so I get my car man and I take off up there and I walk in and he is he's laying still as he could be and I looked and I couldn't see him breathing and so I thought well I'll get closer I got closer and closer and I still couldn't you know see him breathing at all there was no no life actually left in him so I got real close, and I got down by his lips to see if his nose, uh, if I could feel any, uh, um, you know, uh, oxygen coming out of his nose there. And uh, 
all of a sudden, his eyes looked up, they opened up, and he says, what the hell are you doing here? And that was just the type of language he used. And I, I said, I thought you were dying. He said, I am dying, but that ain't going to help. Get back to work. So um, I did. I, and he didn't, he stayed with us for uh, quite a while longer. And uh, finally it, it did take him one night. And um, it was, uh, it was tough, but you know, we knew it was coming. And, um, but again, I just, man, I thought I was going to have a heart attack when he did that to me. But, um, <clears throat> we were talking to a, a, a friend of ours, I don't know, a few weeks back, and we were talking about uh, different rentals. Uh, they have a, a house that they, in a neighborhood that they redid the whole thing, and it really came out beautiful, and we were talking to them, and, and um, they said, I don't know, I'm not sure exactly how we got on the subject, but he said, well, yeah, we uh, we believe in, in the, uh, you know, ghosts or spirits or whatever you want to call them. Um, she said, we rented a house, um, a real nice house. She said, the only thing wrong with it was there was a big blood spot spot on the floor and she says and you, and she used to clean houses for a living so she she uh, she knows quite a bit about cleaning she said do you know that I could rub that that blood spot on the floor just as hard as I can it looks like it's going away and it comes right back she said, we, we lived there a fair amount of years, and we never could get that blood on the floor cleaned up. Um, so they talked to the people that owned it, uh, that, that they were renting from, and um, they said, you know, there was something happened at, in that house, in that area, um, and it, it was quite the... Um, the mess and and somebody was actually killed there so uh you know it, why couldn't it be you know um why couldn't it be cleaned up and um i don't you know that's just an, another one of those things of why 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 um it's just <clears throat> we know that in the white house there's actually uh, uh, supposed to be haunted up there too, you know. Um, who knows? There's been a lot of people coming and going to that place, but um, I would imagine that you know that, that uh, a place that big, uh, gosh, who only knows what? If those walls could talk, you know, it'd be really interesting. But. We have, uh, you know, uh, we have to look at and we think about, is is there life after death? Well, I don't know. I, I'm not sure, you know, why there would be or why there wouldn't be. Um, who's to say, you know, uh, what, what happens? I know uh, um, they, you know, when you're, you're on your way out, I guess... Uh, 
that you do know um, and you, you go with a, you know, just a, a happy type thing. And it's really kind of hard to say that it, they're happy, they're dying. But uh, I lost uh, a fair amount of friends that were um, just hurting so much. And uh, they just, they used to tell me they would pray to, to die. Uh, to hurry up and get it over with and um, to go on to the next step. But, um, you know, I, it's, it's so hard to say. I, I know I went to a uh, friend of mine. He was getting ready to pass away, and he was in a, um, a, a, a Kurt Care uh, home. And... Um, the, uh, all the uh, the family was gathering around there, and and uh, he was uh, you know he was in bed, and we all got into the same room with him and everything, and um, he you know he could he could talk, but you really couldn't understand what he was was talking about, you know. I mean, he was just like. Uh, he was in a different dimension, which he probably really was. And I felt really bad. The family was actually in there um, arguing who was going to get what. You know, he, the man isn't even dead yet. And they're, uh, the family's arguing about who's going to get what. I said, this is insane. This is crazy. You know? And he could he could hear him. I mean, and you know he could uh, he you could tell that it was uh, it was one of those things that I you, I didn't know what to say, you know, other than hey, you know, um, you know, you guys are getting a little loud here. How about you know stepping out in the hallway or someplace? But you know that's that's not showing anything and. But I have had some dealings with his son, and I gotta tell you, that guy could squeeze a, a a nickel so hard he'd have the the buffaloes urinating on the other side. Um, just, yeah, just low class, just low class. Um, but anyhow, um, I thought I would uh, come back with a little bit here today and maybe throw a little more light on the subject. And when in doubt, uh, there's a book, it's called On Death and Dying, it's by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. And uh, I, I read the book uh, a few times, an excellent, excellent book. And the part that sticks out to me is um, the five stages. Uh, they're denial and isolation, anger, bargaining, depression, and then finally acceptance. And, you know, as well as I do, we're all going to have to face something like that uh, sooner or later. And um, it's, uh, it's good to have people that, uh, you know, either friends or relatives or, you know, even, uh, you know, family that you can uh, lean on and and towards the end especially 
uh, the family has to be strong. And, uh, and we just hope that, uh, you know, the person isn't suffering all that much. But um, anyhow, that is going to be a wrap for today. I um, I'm, hope you're all just hanging in there and listening. And anyhow, until the next time, this is A.J. Margolis passing, closing the door. Talk to you later. Bye.